All right, so let's stay focused in our series. We're going to end that series next week, but we've been doing a series since Easter called That Same Power. I built, I built series around Easter because I want to make sure that Easter Sunday doesn't become this um, event that is disconnected. So I want to make sure that when we do Easter Sunday service, that for those who may have heard that message or that thought process for the first time, they could keep coming back to say, hey, I want to finish, I want to understand more about what you're saying, and it's just not a one-time thing, and then we move on to something else. But we did a series called That Same Power starting Easter, and that same power comes from Ephesians chapter 1, around verse 19, and Paul is encouraging the church at uh, Ephesus, and he says to them, I want you to know more about God. I want you to go deeper in your relationship with God. That is indeed the sentiment of my heart. I, and, and hopefully every pastor wants everybody that I shepherd, lead, pastor, I want you to have a better, deeper relationship with God. What I am finding, though, is that as mine goes deeper, I can pull you in deeper. You know, so uh, Paul says, understanding, I want you to know more about your God. I want you to have a deeper relationship with him. I want you to understand the power that he has, uh, that he makes available to you the same power that he raised Jesus from the dead with is the same power that you have an opportunity to use. You have access. You have access. It's not a smaller amount of power. You know, it's not like, it's not like your internet with Xfinity or the people you use. You know, they, if you pay this much, you get this much. But if you want to pay more, God does not operate that way. He says, if you believe, I'll give you all the power it took to raise Jesus from the dead change the, the landscape of the world. So we got opportunity to have that power. So today I want to stay in that vein, but I want to show you something here where I think that uh, the Lord has been putting this one in my heart for about three weeks. So I was just able to kind of flesh it out. So would you open your Bibles to Acts? Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 5. And while you are scrolling there and getting there on your device, we have these cards out in the foyer. I think there's in a, in a little black box. These cards are invite cards, but they're small. They're not the big cards that kind of awkward for you to put them in your pocket or whatever. But this right here will fit right down in your pocket or in your purse. And it's an invite card. And it just says on the back, be my guest. Listen, I want you to be intentional. I think they only have a few, maybe five in each bundle. I want you to be intentional this week to give out five of these cards. On the back, they can check out whether they want to come to a power group. Now, you need to be in the power group before you invite somebody to the power group. <laughs> uh, it also has a box on here where they can say weekend service. You can invite them here on Sunday morning. You can, there's a line for you to put your email address or your phone number so you can make that contact with them and invite them here. I just believe if we invited our people, if we opened our mouths and shared to others, even those that we don't know about your church, I believe our church would grow such a way that we wouldn't have enough room in this space. So I'm asking you to be intentional. Invite five people to your church. Invite them to look at the website. Invite them to go out to uh, YouTube or to um, inst in, uh, Instagram, Facebook, but into uh, 
iTunes to hear the podcast. Invite them, and you can do that and make it personal. Make it personal. It's right out there, so I want you to stop by that table and get some. All right. Okay, good. All right. Uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 12. I want to show you something here that uh, I'm excited about today. Last week, we encouraged you in the Lord. I want to encourage you a little bit more in the Lord around this thing. It says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly, the apostles highly. And the believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they were brought, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on their beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from, surround the, from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they all were healed. I want to talk to you this morning from this thought. My past doesn't cancel my power. My past doesn't cancel my power. Let's pray together, Lord. Thank you for this moment. I ask today in Jesus' name that you'll speak, that you'll encourage, that you'll shift mindsets, that you'll bring healing in places of brokenness, that you'll encourage us to receive the forgiveness, the wholeness, the healing that you have for us. So, Lord, make alive today your word. I pray that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My past does not cancel my power. In the text of Scripture, we see that many of our champions in the text of Scripture were men and women who had spotted past. Um, when we look through the scriptures, we see Abraham in Genesis. Abraham lied about his wife being his sister. He was afraid that he would be killed if those people in that land found out that his wife was actually his wife because she was hot to death. And because she was so hot, they were looking on her and wanted her and they was like, this your wife? Why you? Because the thought was, you're bringing your wife in this territory to tempt us, and the Lord's going to kill us because we're looking at her like that, and now we're mad at you, so we're about to kill you. And he said, no, 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 she's not my wife, she's my sister. Abraham, who we understand is the father of the faith. That's what he's called, the father of faith. Uh, Moses, great leader, brought the children of Israel out of Egyptian captivity before he was called he murdered a guy when we hear the story about the burning bush he was in the desert because he was running because he killed a dude and buried him in the sand 
God used him to deliver a people. David goes down in history. God said that he is a man after my own heart. But David has some junk. There was the Bathsheba affair. Not only did he have an affair with Bathsheba, he also had Bathsheba's husband killed. Because after the affair, Bathsheba found out that she was pregnant. So in order to cover it up, he calls him in and say, hey, you have a weekend off. Everybody's fighting. Okay, you got the weekend off. Come on, get busy with your wife. And uh, Uriah is, is his name. Uriah said, no, 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 no. My brother's down here fighting. I'm going to stay down here and fight with them. And Dave was like, I'd be doggone. Dude, you're a, good, you're, a, you're a good dude. So then he says, hey, y'all, put him at the front line. He put him at the front line to cover it up. He was killed. David, a man after God's own heart. God told him not to do a census and number of the people because he was so insecure, lacked some faith in areas. He did exactly what God told him not to do. He did it. David. Today's text is a real interesting text to me because Peter here has become somewhat of a lead apostle. And so what we're finding out here in this text in Acts, we see, first of all, in the book of Acts, we see the church come alive and where we see in the uh, Gospels the movement of Christ in the Gospels. In Acts, we see the movement of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit now is alive in the church and the church is growing and burgeoning. And so what we see in our text here is that Peter and the apostles are flowing such in the Holy Ghost, have such power in their lives that everybody's hearing about it. People are giving their lives to the movement of Christ and their faith is so high because the apostles are operating in the power of the Holy Spirit that they're now bringing the sick from all around. It was so many of them, everybody, they couldn't get to everybody, but the people believed in the power that Peter and the other apostles had that they would just bring the sick and sit them on the side of the street. Why? Because when Peter walks by, his shadow had the power of God, of course, to bring healing. So what we find is that everybody, based on the text, that they brought from other cities, this is a major crusade. This is like bigger than Benny Hinn. All the people that they brought to the side of the street, whether sick or had unclean spirits, the Bible says they were healed. So now, I started thinking about that same power. And I started thinking about the fact that Peter got a past, but here Peter is so anointed that his shadow healing people. And I mean, really, when you look at it, it's amazing to me how God uses those kind of people. Because if you read in the text about Paul, the Bible said that Paul would preach so much that they would tie handkerchiefs around his waist. And as he wiped his sweat, they would collect his handkerchiefs and send them to the sick, and they got healed. But Paul was the guy that actually killed Christians before he met Christ. 
Let me tell you what I'm finding. That my past doesn't disqualify me from operating in the power of the Holy Ghost. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Yeah, I want to encourage somebody today because you may be feeling like, yeah, Pastor, I hear that. But you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I do. Come on. But what I'm telling you today is God wants to use you. And your past does not scare God. I know, some of y'all are like, this don't mean nothing to me. Maybe you don't have a past. Maybe you've always been the good little Christian you are today. You've always been righteous, righteous. Or, or, or maybe you've just been self-righteous and didn't understand that you needed God. You needed the Savior. You needed the saving grace of Jesus. So we find that Peter... It's flowing in the Holy Ghost. So when I start thinking about Peter and the whole fact that he got this, he's so anointed right now. He's so tapped into that power that not just his physical touch, but just the shadow of him bringing healing. I start thinking about, let me think about Peter a minute. Who is Peter? Well, before Christ, Peter was a fisherman by trade. Fishermen were known to be hellions. They were strong guys because of their work. And they had to pull these nets, push their boats. They were very strong, burly guys. But they were also known as drunkards because they drank all the time. They, Peter was a cusser. Peter was quick-tempered. Peter had a mouth on him. All this before he met Christ. Peter was so jacked up that he realized on the day that he met Christ, when he realized who Jesus was, the day that he met Jesus, when he realized who Jesus was, the text says that he came and fell on his face in front of Jesus and said, hey, I don't even need to be in your presence because I'm a sinful man. It's amazing to me, a guy who was well acquainted with the junk of his life, came to Jesus and said, hey, I'm so sinful that you, I don't even need to be in your presence. It's like people who feel like I'm so sinful that I don't need to go to church. See, this ain't for you. This is for your friends. I want you to talk to your friends about this. Because for your friends who feel like I got so much stuff in my life that I don't even need to go to church, tell them about Peter who rode up on Jesus and he said to Jesus, I don't even need to be near you because I'm so sinful. And we find later in his life that God, that Jesus uses him to start the church. That's why, that's why I love this thing. I want you to hear this. I love it because where we feel like, I talked to somebody recently who just felt like, you know, all churches are this and church, people are flawed and churches are this and, this and it's just a mess and people are a mess. And I said, yeah, that's who the church is for. I mean, think about this. People are getting healed from Peter's shadow. But if Peter never owned the fact that he shouldn't even be in the presence of God, maybe these people would have never been healed. Because the broken and those who, are have, who have heavy past 
are people who God uses because they are acquainted with they junk. Oh, here's our problem. Our problem is that we don't want to be acquainted with our junk. We are acquainted with everybody else's junk. Rough crowd today. It feel like it's raining outside. It ain't raining. It's sunshine. It's beautiful. We're not acquainted with our stuff, but we're acquainted about other people's stuff. That's why we hang out with people and we say, hey, come in, let me tell you about them. Let me tell you what, let me tell you. This is what I heard about them. You got to start asking some of your friends that do that. Ask them, hey, what have you heard about you? Is there anybody in your life telling you about you? What do you mean? Has anybody told you that you're messy? Oh, see, we are so afraid of losing friends that we don't want to be real with them. Speak the truth in love. You know, you know how the saints, the old saints, we always say, you know, I tell you because I love you. You know, if they, they make people feel, they can feel, feel like it's about to be better because I'm saying that. It ain't no better. I mean, yo, heavy stuff is heavy stuff. But see, Peter was acquainted with himself. He knew himself enough to say, I don't, I shouldn't even be around you. It's amazing to me that Jesus' mind was, I'm going to use you. You that messed up? But you know it? That's who I want to use. I'm going to use you. Come here. I'm going to use you. Peter, after meeting Christ, still had issues. <laughs> Listen, you're about to be freed up from your own guilt, shame, and condemnation. Because after meeting Christ, Peter still had a quick temper. In the Garden of Gethsemane, they come to take Jesus. He pulls a sword, cuts a dude's ear off. Peter did not play. It wasn't no, if you touch him, I'm, mm-mm. You got your hands on him, shing. <laughs> Cut the dude's ear off. You're like, hey, you, you hang with Jesus, are you cutting people? Uh, Peter often put his foot in his mouth, still had a big mouth, talked too much. I don't know if he was still cussing, but based on most Christians, a lot of Christians I know, Peter was probably still cussing because saints still cuss. Look at, look, look, boy, ooh, I'm not preaching against you. I'm talking about this going to help you. Don't, don't get tense. It's all good. So Peter, one day Jesus is explaining to his disciples that, hey, y'all, um, I'm getting ready to go through some stuff, and they're going to dog me out. They're going to hurt me. They're going to torture me, ultimately kill me. Peter pulls Jesus to the side and says, hey, man, this is not going to happen to you. Because, again, Peter's like, I'm packing. Because, you, you know, you need some of the people in your life. I had somebody recently tell me, you need anything, let me know I got a Glock. That's what they said to me. If you need anything, you, if you need me to get my Glock, call me. I was thinking, okay, I'll call you. <laughs> hey, yo, I just don't want to have to make that call. Hey, get your Glock. I don't want that. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> Peter was basically saying to Jesus, I'm not going to let that happen. Anybody come against you? I'm going to draw on you, I mean, can you imagine Peter saying that to Jesus? Hey, tell him to pull up. 
Tell him to pull up, Jesus. I got this. And let me tell you what Jesus said to him because he was running his mouth too much. Jesus says to him, yo, get behind me, Satan. Because you are focusing on things of the flesh and I need you to focus on things of the Father. So even though Peter has this relationship with Jesus, he still messed up. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is not looking for you to be perfect. Oh, I want you to free yourself up. Then listen, that's not giving you the license to black out. That ain't giving you the license to turn up. You know, Jesus don't mean for me to be perfect. This is going to be an unperfect weekend, Jesus. That is not what we're saying. <laughs> this is, Jesus don't want me to be perfect. I'm going to get lit this weekend and me and him will talk on Monday. That is not what we're saying here. We are saying, however, that we drop the ball sometimes. And Jesus does not disqualify us because we're imperfect. So he tells Peter, get behind me. So then, when it was time again for Jesus to have this conversation, Jesus kept saying, hey, some stuff about to roll out. And, you know, Peter kept stepping up. Hey, we're not going to let this happen to you. We got you. And Jesus says to him, listen, Peter, before the clock hits three times, ding, 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 you will have denied me three times. Just chill. You run your mouth too much because your life ain't lined up with your mouth yet. And what happened? They seized Jesus in the garden. Peter and the, and the rest of the disciples were afraid because they thought they were coming after them too. And then when Peter was kind of mingling, uh, just hanging out in the crowd, somebody says, hey, you one of, you one of Jesus' boys, right? And he says, uh-uh. Another incident happened. He's like, nah, doc. Third time it happened, he cussed. He said, hell no, I don't know him. So then, it's teaching me something about the past. Because if my past does not qualify, disqualify me from having the power of God operating in my life, what does my past do for me? Because here's the deal. You're a fool if you're telling people you don't have a past. Well, let me, let me say this. You're a lying fool, okay? You got a past. You cut somebody out of McDonald's yesterday. That was in your past. You was about to. You just looked around and saw pastor was there. That was pastor. And you looked at him and be like, yo, you look at my pastor in here. Sometimes I have to say, you look at I'm a pastor, because really what I want to say to you, I just make sure I turn my Christ in the shirt inside out so I can go on and let you have it real quick. But listen, we all have a past, and some of us wrestle with total, uh, total release to God because you carry some shame about what you've done. And the Holy Ghost sent me to tell you to let go of the shame because I can use your past for my benefit. God is the great recycler. And what man or your friends or your, your, your past relationships, what they would sit on the side of the curb on Monday and would call trash, 
God goes around before the trash man comes and says, what y'all put out is trash. I see treasure in it. You know there were some people that told you you weren't going to be nothing because of what you did. Because you didn't have a level of discipline that it took to be great in, an, in, a, in another industry. And they told you you were going to be horrible. And so they set you out on the corner and God says, good, I've been waiting for this. You know, God does not shop in the uh, expensive stores of life. He shops the goodwill. Because he's the great recycler. And so... There are three things I want you to hear, and I'm out of here. I'm doing good. I'm going to make my time today. Three things I want you to hear about your past. Here it is, number one. Write this down. My past prepares me. My past prepares me. There, is some, there are some things that, that God has planned for you. There is a path that is just for you. And if you had not gone through what you had gone through, you wouldn't be able to walk that path. God's going to use it to push you forward. I mean, it's the small stuff like this. Peter was a professional fisherman. When Jesus rose up on him and says, follow me, Peter, who had all this junk in his life, and at the first encounter of Jesus says, I'm too sinful, when Jesus says in that same encounter, come follow me, Peter says, okay, left everything. And he says, you're a fisherman, but I want to make you fishers of men. So some of the experience you've gained in other areas of your life, God says, I'm going to use that to push you forward. I know some of the best preachers, the best businessmen are, are guys who are out in the street slinging rock because they know how to do it. They're smart. I was just in a meeting uh, Friday night with some of my, my, fellow, uh, my fellow pastors in our, in our network, and one of them says, hey, man, when I was in the streets, we was talking about building something. He's like, what we need to do is let them come in at that level absolutely free. Somebody says, eh, free? He's like, no, no, no. It needs to be absolutely free. He says, because when I was out there in the world, what we did was we gave product to the basketball players, the football players, the popular ones, free product because they kept coming back. And because they were known or influencers, they brought their people back. So now he's using that for the kingdom. Church growing. I'm going to have him come preach here soon. He's using that for the kingdom. Same mindset. Because God can take your past and just blow on it and help you use it for your right now. Listen, God wants to lift the shame off your life. You may have done what they said you did, but you are not who they say you are. Amen. You, I said it last week, you got this and God has got you. And so whatever your past is, I don't care. Well, you just don't know. You don't know how many kids I got. It, it doesn't matter because there's a grace on you for your kids. God wants to use you in children's church. There's a grace on you in there too. Maybe he's calling you to be a teacher. Maybe he's calling you to help another mother who's already gone through this, who may be a single mom with a bunch of kids. So what? God knows how to use what you feel like may not be a shining example. It can be in God's hands. Your past does not disqualify you from power. I feel like somebody, tell somebody around you, your past does not disqualify you. 
Don't let the devil tell you that you can't because God wants to use your past. It will prepare you for what's next. Can I give you number two and I can be gone? I got one more after that and we're going to be finished. Number two, my past produces purpose. Watch. So Peter denies Jesus. Jesus goes to the cross. He dies. He hangs out here on earth about 50 days after that. Okay? The disciples go to the upper room. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went back to their old way of living. As a matter of fact, when it was all over, the Bible says that the disciples asked Peter, where are you going? Peter says, I'm going fishing. Because of the disappointment of losing Christ, he went back to what he used to do. Y'all hear that? Be careful that you don't let today's disappointments push you back into who you used to be. Here's what I love Jesus. I love him because in this text, it is uh, just, just so you can write it down at um, John 21, around verse 15. They had been fishing all night. And as the sun comes up, they look on the beach and there's a dude cooking fish on the beach. And they looked on that thing. Hey, man, that looked like Jesus. Jesus is over there cooking fish. I think he's pescatarian. I think Jesus was pescatarian. No, not Presbyterian. No, he's, no, anyway. <laughs> Only the healthy people got that joke. Because he's over there, he's over there cooking fish. They realize it's him. And they run to him. Watch. This is the first encounter that Peter really has with him that Jesus addresses where we are. So he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? He's like, you know I love you, Jesus. Yes, I love you, Jesus. He said, hey, I want you to feed my sheep. Peter's like, down, I'm down. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? I need you to feed him, man. I want you to leave my, leave my sheep. He's like, you know, I love you. I got you. He asked him one more time, Peter, let's get past these levels. Flesh, spirit, let me get into your soul, Peter. Because your soul is your will, your intellect, your creative ability. He says, Peter, I want you to leave my people on all three levels. I need you to lead, your, lead my people from your soul. I want you to be creative. I want you to be intentional. I want you to think about my people. You love me, Peter? Peter says, yeah, I love you. He says, all right. Shortly after that, he goes to be with the Father. So now what we find in the wake of Peter's denying God or denying Jesus, lying about knowing Jesus, Jesus calls him deeper to a place of leading. Uh, that, that, if that was us, we'd have disqualified Peter for that. Oh, you're going to lie about knowing me? Don't come to this meeting. You know us. You're going to lie about knowing me? We wouldn't, even spoke, we wouldn't even speak to Peter. Peter be over there talking. You act like Peter doesn't exist. We look, look at James and John and says, tell him that I can't hear him. 
Jesus went straight to him and said, come here. Let's talk about how deep your love is for me. You denied me three times, but I want to ask you three times, do you love me? At every place you denied me, I'm going to give you the opportunity to love me. At every place you walked away from me, I'm going to give you the opportunity to lead at a deeper level. See, that's what God, God is that guy. He is that guy that says, I want to give you an opportunity not just to be redeemed at the same place. When God redeems, he redeems deeper. I want to call you deeper. Maybe our relationship was too surface. That's how easy it was. Because what I realized is I was about to die for you. But you started lying because you thought you were going to have to die for me. You thought they were going to kill you because you hung out with me. So what we really found out, what you found out about you, is that you really didn't love me like you said you did. You were willing to kill for me, but you weren't willing to die for me. Oh, 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 oh. now let's talk Christian talk now. Because you want to stand up to all the other religions of the world. But you don't want to die for the one you believe. I ain't even talking about a real devil. I'm talking about killing your flesh. You don't want to stop smoking weed because you feel like weed relaxes me. If you get in the Holy Ghost, it will too. Oh, we don't like that kind of talk. Because I live for God, but will you die for him? Because there's some stuff in your life that you won't kill for him. Yeah, you live for him. Some of that's the problem. He's telling you, I don't want you to live in that area. I want you to die in that area. You feel like you're justified with unforgiveness. You don't know what my daddy did. He says, I want you to die in that area. No, 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 Jesus, I'm going to stand up for you. And I'll be telling my dad all the time, you need Jesus. And Jesus in your ear whispering, I want you to die in that area. Because you're willing to kill for me, but you're not willing to die for me. <laughs> I'm offended that they said that about Jesus. But you're not bothered that he's offended by your life. It doesn't bother you that the Holy Ghost gets offended because of some of the stuff you do and say. Oh, time's gone. Okay, my time is gone. So that was number one. Number one, you must pass, uh, your past prepares you. Number two, your, pa your past produces purpose. So uh, let me finish the thought. It produces third purpose. So now what we find in that text is that because of the issue that Peter had, Jesus calls him deeper and then releases him to a place of service in the kingdom because of what had gone down. So you, you denied me three times. I'm going to ask you three times. You love me? Here's, here's your assignment. Here's your assignment. Here's your assignment. Your past will produce a trajectory in your life that God is going to use for him. It's God's purpose in your life. He wants to use it. It's going to produce your purpose, which is his, your past. So whatever that thing is, let God use it. Give it to him. So then you can find out. Maybe so many people don't know their purpose because they want to act like they didn't have a past. And I do believe that our past is connected to our purpose. It is, come on, people, we, we find that people who are great 
with uh, drug addiction programs, leading them, starting them, bringing a wholeness to people are people who have wrestled with that. You see what I'm saying? Because you've gone through it in such a way that you know how to fight. And now systematically, you've laid out something that you can give to somebody else and say, here's how I fought. Fight this. Fight this way. Because your past can work for you. Work for you. Stop running away from what has happened. Come to grips with it. Get the healing. Put the scraps of that part of your life in your hand and watch God make it into something. Talked to my aunt yesterday. We had this old big conversation about fat back and strickling. We were talking about cooking. And she said, yeah, you know, in restaurants now, that's a big thing. Fat back and, and strickling, they charge a whole bunch of money for it. But it became popular to the slaves because it was the part that the other folk, the slave owners didn't want to eat. So the slaves got all those scraps, put it in there, some greens, and just cooked it all down, and it became something. But now other people are grabbing our scraps and making money off of it because now it's a delicacy. God wants to do the same thing in your life. The scraps of your life that people keep telling you to throw away, God is saying, no, 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 no. Bring it to me, and I'm going to make sure that when somebody else receives it from you, they're going to pay a good price for it. Don't throw away that. Though. You, you went through it. That's valid. You know what's more valid? You lived through it. God wants to take that and transform it in a way that when it comes up in your life again, you no longer cry about it. You're proud of it because God saved you. He used that, and now purpose is flowing out of your life. Make sense? All right. Number one, it prepares you. Number two, it produces purpose. Last thing, your past has been paid for. Let me tell you something. The world's mindset is that everything you've done, you need to pay the consequences for. Wherein I do get down with some of that thinking, but there's some other stuff that you should have paid consequences for, but because Jesus paid the price, you don't have that fallout. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so here it is, I'm gonna read it in the, uh, in the, in the uh, message translation, I'm gonna let it ride. Isaiah 53 and four, in the, uh, in the message, Bible says this, but the fact is, it was our pain he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him, but he says that God was punishing him for our own failures, but it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. Your past has been, has been paid for, and I want you to know this, God knew your history before you were even born. The text of Scripture teaches us that the Lamb was slain before the foundations of the world. So there was some stuff that God knew that you were going to do before you did, and he laid it on Christ before you even got here. 
So your past that you have to let go of has already been paid for. And as a result, there is power available to you. Your past does not cancel God's power. Everybody in the room, I don't care what you have done. What matters now is that you have laid hold to that for which Christ has laid hold of you. And you are saying, I am moving forward with my life. If Peter, who had all the issues, bad temper, big mouth, carried a blade, didn't mind pulling it out on people, cussed, lied about Jesus, if he could do all of that, and God still let him be so powerful that his shadow heals, what more could he do with you? Now, the difference sometimes is we are still holding on to our past opposed to allowing the future to grab hold of us. God wants to use you, but you're going to have to release yourself to him. Peter was Gestapo. God is not. He makes an invitation. Hey, come hang out with me. Follow me. So he's not going to kick the door of your life in and say, you better come and follow me or else. He does not work that way. But he wants to use you and your past. There's a story that Jesus went into a house. And in that house, there was a woman. Now, I don't know why this woman was in the house. And the word was, she was a hooker. Jesus comes in there. This woman gets some kind of revelation. She takes her alabaster box, breaks it open with all of this high-end oil. Okay? I didn't say she turned tricks. I said she was a hooker. High-price hooker. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? Because the oil she had took about a year's wage to get. And it was in a box that gets sealed, and in order for you to get access to this box, it had to be broken. She breaks it over Jesus' feet and anoints his feet Basically, she, she took baby oil gel, <laughs> put it on his feet because they had been walking. She took her hair, started drying it off because she realized who he was. Watch this. The disciples was like, if he knew who this chick was doing this, he wouldn't let her do it. Jesus could hear what they were saying, although they thought they were whispering. I, I question the fact if they actually said it audibly or if they just thought it. And he just said, I want you to know, I know what you're thinking. He says, but let it be known that wherever the gospel is mentioned, this woman's name will be mentioned. Wait a minute. You telling me that the gospel of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, wherever it's mentioned, they gonna mention this trick? Look, y'all don't wanna be real with me. I know we're in church. We ain't that kind of church. 
Jesus says, yeah. Why? Because with all of who she was and has done, she recognized who I am. Listen, with all of your past, he's saying, all I want you to do is recognize who I am right now. As a matter of fact, disciples, I think it was Peter. I think this was Peter's house, y'all. He says to Peter, Peter, she anointed my feet. You didn't get any oil out when I came in, and you are the host. It is our custom. It's our custom that when people come in from traveling, we bring them water and oil and pour salve on their feet. You didn't do any of this, and you mad because she is doing what you should have been doing? This is a woman who her profession didn't stop her from laying down at my feet. You've been walking with me, son, and you ain't doing what she doing. I can use that. Somebody who's willing to lay down all of their mistakes. Another version of this story is told that in the oil, in the jar, it wasn't oil, but it was tears. Because in that day, what women would do is that whenever they cried, they would collect their tears with a jar. It would fall and they would collect it over years and years. The other version of this story is that she took that jar and poured all of her pain, her past, over his feet. What would happen if you took your past and laid it at the feet of Jesus. Jesus says, this woman is going to be famous. Everywhere they mention me, they're going to mention her. Well, I mean, really, Jesus, is that really happening? Come on. That's over 2,000 years ago. Every time we say Jesus, do we say this lady? Holy Spirit, you say, no, 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 no. You don't get it. Every time you say Jesus, you have to be reminded that he doesn't turn away people like that. As a matter of fact, people who lay their past at his feet, he makes them known. That's why it takes us back to Peter. Because Peter became the first pope, the fisherman, the cusser, the knife carrier, the liar. When he met Jesus, he bowed down and says, I'm too sinful for you. Jesus says, you're the guy I want. Come here. Who do men say that I am? When Peter answers, he says, you are the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, Peter. And upon this rock, you are no longer Simon. You are now Peter, Petra, little rock. And upon this little rock, I'm going to build my church. The revelation that you got. I'm going to build my church on the fact that you got a bad past, bro, and I want people to come into my church who are people like you. Can you see Jesus saying, bro, you got it, and I want people like you in my church. Look at your name and say, I belong here. Don't let nobody tell you you don't. You may leave here and move halfway around the world, halfway around the nation. Wherever you go to worship God, you belong. And there is power available to you 
even though you got a history. He told me three weeks ago to tell my people, I'm not afraid of their past. I'm not afraid of their junk. And I will use them and give them my power if they will let me use them and receive my power. 